You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickaruk, episode 20. Hello, Teacher Brain. Firstly, it's Father's Day weekend this weekend, in Canada at least, 2020. And so I just wanted to wish all the varieties of fathers and father figures out there a happy Father's Day weekend, especially the two best dads in the whole world, my dad and my husband. I love you both so much, and I'm so lucky. Plus, Zoe's sort of got like a bonus dad um, in her Uncle Mike. So I hope you all have a wonderful day. It is also in Canada, National Indigenous Peoples Day on Sunday, June 21st. Um, And our superintendent at my school board shared a message with us stating that, quote, it is a day recognizing and celebrating the heritage, cultures, and contributions of the First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples in what is now known as Canada. It is a chance to reflect on our collective responsibility of knowing and understanding the truth of our history. We must all learn the impact of colonization, past and present. It is contemporary realities are, uh, as contemporary realities are brought to the forefront regarding systemic racism in society, this becomes even more important to affect change. And I share this because, I've, as I've mentioned over the past few weeks, I am committed to doing better when it comes to recognizing my white privilege and taking anti-racist action. So the first step of which is knowing better. This is the why behind my sharing about this. Have you ever been asked to think about your why? Maybe like in a staff meeting or a PD session. Um, It's kind of a common thing for for people to focus on during those things. And in this episode, we're going to dive more deeply into our whys, where they come from, how they drive us, and why we need to get down to their root in order to impact and optimize our, well, lives really, but our teaching and our students' learning especially. And we're going to take things to the next level here. So here's an activity that I know I've done a few times. In fact, uh, recently we did this together in my Teaching Little Brains Facebook group, if you're a member of that. Uh, And maybe you've done this before too. It involves drawing like a basic human figure, like a gingerbread person style, meant to represent a student on chart paper. And then um, you get called up and you sort of write down all the things, uh, the hopes and dreams that you have for that student um, the student that in your midst, what, what they'll gain and graduate with, for example, from their time with you at your school. Or you may have thought about it in terms of what you hope to do with your own children, what you want them to gain by the time they graduate high school. Most often, there are things on that poster like a sense of self, resilience, critical thinking, growth mindset, friendships, positivity, kindness, kindness, grit, all those kinds of things. And that they, they all get added to that gingerbread student. Rarely is there a curriculum expectation of any kind mentioned amongst the things we hope our students and children will gain from us. But again, this is sort of left hanging as a point of contemplation and discussion rather than a real opportunity to do some deep exploration and action step planning. So it's a great starting point and we need to really get in there and plan out some action because I bet when you when you look at that poster and then compare the hopes and dreams for your students time with you written on your gingerbread student to your annual learning plan or long-range teaching plan there will be some discrepancies between the two 
Am I right? I know there were on mine. My gingerbread poster was very nice, dreamy vision of what I wanted my students to leave with, but my long-range plan was all about curriculum expectations. And yes, some of those like resilience and um, you know critical thinking were embedded in the act the curricular activities, but they weren't explicitly uh, explained to students or taught. And I started thinking like, how are they supposed to learn creative problem solving if we don't explicitly explain that this task is designed to, you know, um, practice our creative problem solving skills and then reflect on it after and have a discussion about it. So we want our students to leave with their time with us gaining self-confidence, resilience, critical thinking, growth mindset, self-advocacy, kindness, emotional maturity. So we need to make sure those things are explicitly incorporated into our plans and practice. Now, people ask me how how I make time for writer's workshop, for example. But I think the real question is that we need to ask ourselves is why we make time for whatever it is we make time for, because it's the why we do something that will keep us doing it. The how will come if the why is strong enough. So your why will help push you through when things get rough, like really rough. On the other hand, if your why is not strong enough, you'll likely give up when you run into any kind of resistance. A few years ago, I decided to get in shape. (laughs) My friend told me about a gym that she loved And I thought, well, if she loves it, then I will too. Plus, then we'll get to spend time together. It'll be great. It was a very expensive membership, like over $100 a month. Nope. (laughs) But I really wanted to get in shape and spend time with my friend. So I enrolled. And at first, it was great. We were going a few times a week and enjoying the classes. But after a couple months, we got on different schedules. Like I couldn't go during the day because I was working and she had to drive her kids to various activities in the evening. So she couldn't go then. So I used that as an excuse not to go. My determination started to wane. So I doubled down. I tried to outwill. I tried to force it. I paid for six months up front. I thought if I pay this money... I'll definitely go because I don't have $500 to just throw away. Well, I think I went twice in those six months. Yeah. It didn't take much to talk me out of going either. Like the weather isn't great. The gas is low in the car. The class is probably full. Zoe has a bit of a cold. I have a bit of a cough. Uh, I have work to do. Sometimes I even like faked making myself busy and then like accidentally notice the clock too late. Oops, (laughs) class has already started. Like you name it. I used it. I used the excuse. And $500 went right down the drain. Ouch. Fast forward a couple years later, I was about 20 to 25 pounds heavier than I was used to being. And I was uncomfortable in my body. I didn't feel like myself. I didn't like how my clothes fit or didn't. I was buying a size I had never bought before. I just, I didn't feel like me. So one summer afternoon, I was outside talking to my neighbor and I reached up the back of my shirt to scratch my back and I got a handful of, I don't know, what was that, rolls? And that was it. I was sick of hearing myself complain 
and not really doing much about it. I was tired of feeling bad about myself. I was tired. I was having heart palpitations. I wanted to change. I needed to change. Most importantly, my daughter was almost two, and I wanted to be there for her and with her as she grew up. I wanted to model a healthy, active lifestyle because they are always watching. I wanted to have the energy to play with her and not teach her that like daddy's the only one that plays or goes on adventures. Um, So I signed up for online workouts that I could do at home to eliminate any of those excuses. I followed the nutrition plans to a T that time and I have never looked back. And that was just over three years ago. So what is the difference this time? My why is strong, solid and specific. I believe it. And we all know about our beliefs. If not, check out episodes 16, 9, 8 and some others. Um, The reason I believe that the workshop model to writing and outdoor component as well as is so beneficial to student development and health is because I have seen it over and over firsthand with hundreds of our students, dozens of teachers, and myself. I have also read the research. Everybody benefits from outdoor learning and the workshop model. So it's work, yes, but it's meaningful work. And I believe in meaningful work, as I'm sure you do too. So the same applies whether you're talking about fitness and health or writer's workshop or taking classes outside for some outdoor learning, which I know a lot of you are trying to incorporate in your programs, especially going back post-COVID or maybe mid-COVID for all we know. But outside may become mandatory part of our program. And guess what? If it is mandatory, we'll figure out a way to make it work because our why will be strong enough. See how this works? (laughs) Time, or lack thereof, is most often identified as the culprit or challenge or, forgive me, but excuse people use not to do those things. When people ask me how I make time for writer's workshop and outdoor learning, I understand the question, but really it comes down to why I make time for them. I don't have more time than anyone else in my day. I make time. I make time for it because I know that getting kids outside, and myself for that matter, has almost infinite positive benefits to our physical, mental, and emotional health. From like stress release to eye development to breathing fresh air into our lungs and getting sun rays on our skin. Likewise, I know that the components that make Writer's Workshop such a success... And by success, I mean like it's engaging for students and teachers. It improves the quality of students' writing. Components like uh, focused mini lessons, student choice, independent writing time, conferencing and sharing time are important enough for me to carve out time for. So if these are my priorities, my non-negotiables, the things I know to be instrumental in student development, then other things are planned around them. I designed my assessment and data collection to suit those practices. In fact, I think I've discovered the actual true hurdle, which isn't really the lack of time at all, in fact, because when I dig deeper with people, when people blame their lack of time for their inability to incorporate things like writer's workshop or outdoor learning or mindfulness or social emotional learning or project-based learning or inquiry or whatever it may be, it's because they're thinking that the time spent on those things takes time away from the things they 
quote unquote, need to do to get the marks that they're responsible for. But that's for another episode. Um, so anyway, when people ask me how I make time for writer's workshop, for example, I say the same. I, I just do. It takes practice, but it's doable. But the real answer is I do it because I believe it is instrumental to students' development as writers and their sense of accomplishment, uh, resilience, autonomy, ownership, and pride, communication, uh, collaboration, grit, all qualities I believe are important to their growth as writers and as human beings, and the ones that show up on the gingerbread poster all the time. That's why I make time for writer's workshop and outdoor learning and then the how just kind of follows easily. So ask yourself what you believe. What do you believe is important for yourself? What is important for your students? What do you value most? What do you want them to leave their time with you having learned? And then check your long range plan for evidence of that belief. As we well know, our beliefs come to be when we have a thought combined with a feeling repeated over time. Your brain is always listening. It believes whatever you tell it. Its job is to pay attention and automate whatever it hears over and over to maximize efficiency. Your brain is a dream student you wish you had in your class every year. It listens to everything you say. So if you tell your brain that working out makes you feel good and helps center you during the day and you feel accomplished and, you, and energized after you do it, or that your top concern is your student's social emotional well-being because it makes you feel fulfilled and puts your heart at peace when you see and hear them implementing the tools to work through their emotions and um, and the incidences of them like bolting from the classroom or calling themselves stupid have decreased or that whatever those gingerbread characteristics were um, are a real priority to you because you want those little brains to to going to be healthy and confident and capable and just okay when they go out into the world, then your brain will automate that and send it to your subconscious and it will run it on a loop. And we know that from previous episodes in neuroscience, that 80 to 90% of our decisions and actions are run by our subconscious. Let me say that again. 80 to 90% of our decisions and actions that we take during the day on a daily basis are run from our subconscious beliefs, which means that whatever you've told your subconscious to believe is what it is going to drive your actions. But that you have control over those thoughts that repeat. You can choose thoughts that serve you. And so can your students. In fact, you are choosing all the time. So if you've told your brain repeatedly that working out is important, it makes you feel good, it sets you off for the day on the right foot, then, then you'll keep doing it. And the opposite is true. If you've told it over and over that you don't have time, it's too hard, it's uncomfortable, and so on, guess what? Yeah. So you can tell yourself, I'm going to work out today come hell or high water. But your why is what is going to get you out the door and to the gym or down to the basement at 5 a.m. and pushing play on a consistent basis. And it all comes down to your why. 
If your why for incorporating inquiry or outdoor learning into your program is because you want to impress your admin or look good on your TPA, that won't get you out there when the rain is falling or it's minus 10 degrees or your admin is out of the building for the day. You have to believe it is worth it. You have to believe in your why. Because here's another thing about our subconscious brain. You cannot outperform or outwill your subconscious. You just can't. Willpower is like uh, a muscle that, that tires when it's overworked. That's why we're so super good with it when it's fresh. We're really super good in the morning with our nutritious, our nutrition and like our other intentions. But then as the day goes on, we find ourselves unconsciously uh, with our hand in the chip bag as we st stare vacantly into the cupboard trying to decide what healthy thing we should eat for dinner. Anyone? No? Just me? Come on. I know I'm not alone on this one. Our willpower is fatigued. It's been working all day trying to outwill our subconscious. It's kind of connected to resisting emotion. And we, we know what whatever we resist persists. It doesn't work to resist your emotion. It just means you're perpetuating it. So either way, Henry Ford had it right. And I'm sure you've heard this before. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So here are your action steps. Take one aspect of your life and ask yourself, what do I want here? Then write out your whys. For example, um, kids should have choice in their education or students need to learn independence or um, my students or kids need to build their resilience and risk taking. Dean Graziosi um, teaches something called seven levels deep. And I've included a link to a video interview with Dean um, describing what this is, but essentially you need to go deep with your why. You keep, uh, you just keep asking yourself like at every level, why is this important to me? Um, so for each why until you get seven levels deep and that's where you'll find the why that is strong enough, compelling enough to get you out of bed, um, to keep you going and no matter what. So for example, if we go back to um, one of the ones above, so kids should have choice in their education. Why is that important to you? Or if we look at our gingerbread poster and we take one of those things, students need to learn, build resilience. Why is that important to you? And then you give an answer. So because I, you know, when things like COVID come and they're separated and isolated from their friends, they need to be able to be mentally strong. Why is that important to you? And you keep going and going and going until you have seven levels deep. Then find evidence of your beliefs in your actions or vice versa. If you're not sure about uh, your why, you can reverse engineer it. So pay attention to the things that you're doing throughout the day and whatever you're doing, ask yourself. It's kind of like what we did with tracing back to our thoughts because our beliefs are just you know, thoughts that are repeated. So catch what you're doing and whatever you're doing, ask yourself why you've made time for that. What do you believe that's driving that action? Or what would I have to believe that would drive this action? If you can't come up with a good why, then it's probably a subconscious choice. 
So notice and question it and decide if you want to choose it or lose it. Is it getting you closer to where you want to be or farther away? And one last point to consider is that when you choose to do something, you're saying yes to that thing, which means you're saying no to something else. So if your why isn't strong enough, you might find yourself saying yes to less important things and no to the things you actually believe are important. So, and really without judgment at all here, just provoking thought, if you're saying yes to scrolling Instagram for two hours, you're saying no to working out. If you're saying yes to keeping your class in and avoiding the rain, you're saying no to giving them the outdoor experience and learning, even if you really wanted to do it. So this is why your why has to be super strong, solid, and specific. This is why we go seven levels deep. When your why is strong, solid, and specific, it will keep you saying yes only to the things that align with your beliefs, the things that are important rather than submitting to your subconscious autopilot and letting that dictate your day or life for that matter. Okay, I hope I've given you enough to think about today. Um, I've also posted in the show notes some areas that you could start with in contemplating your why or whys to get you going and if you need a place to start. Also, as part of my neuro coaching practice, uh, I support people in walking through their whys and getting to that seventh level, getting nice and deep through the seven levels of why. So if you are interested in some coaching opportunities with me, uh, you can click on the click on the link in the show notes to my contact information. You've been listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickerak. As always, I really appreciate your coming to hang out with me today. Um, if you should feel so compelled, I would be very grateful for your rating and review of the podcast and possibly sharing it with a few friends and loved ones. Thank you. Now I am going to go hang out and celebrate the dads in my life. Bye for now.